Well, whatever Bible you brought to church with you, or even if you didn't bring one, there's one in front of you. If you'll open that Bible to the book of Psalms, and I want us to look tonight in Psalm 115. Psalm 115, and I want to tell you before I get started in this particular message tonight that this is going to be a little bit different than what I would normally do, although not totally different, but I was reading in my Bible the other day, Psalm 115, and one of the things that has been a blessing to me in my life has been the book of Psalms. And I don't always read from the Psalms, but I'm in a thing right now where each day I'm reading at least one Psalm. I think today I read three or four Psalms, kind of the shorter ones. But a few days ago, I read Psalm 115. And in my reading of that particular Psalm, and we're going to look at quite a few of these verses tonight, I came to a verse. In fact, I came to a phrase, part of a verse, that spoke to my heart and really encouraged me. And I want to just show this to you tonight, Psalm 115 and verse number 12. And notice what it says, the Lord has been mindful of us. Say that with me. The Lord has been mindful of us. Now, some of your translations may say something like the Lord has remembered us or something like that. But in the New King James, the Lord has been mindful of us. And when I read that, I just began to think about my own life, and I began to think about the last few weeks, months, years, and I just thought about how good God had been to me, and I just, when I read that, I thought, you know, to think that God has been mindful of me, to think that, God, that I have been on God's mind. And then it says, he will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. And so God... This verse applies certainly not just to me, but it applies to you, that God has been mindful of you and that you have been and are on his mind. Now, turn just a few pages in your Bible to the 139th Psalm. I'm going to show you two verses there, Psalm 139 and verses 17 and 18. And it says, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. And so the psalmist says to God, Lord, your thoughts to me are more in number than the sand of the sea. Now you think about that, that the God of the universe, the God who created the whole world, the God who created all of us, the God who has all power, the God who's in total control, the God who today has seen everything that is happening in North Korea and Vietnam and, and Japan and in every state of our country and all around the world, the God who has seen all of that and knows what's going on, it says that God has been mindful of us and that his thoughts are constantly on us. Now, I don't know what it is that you might be facing or going through at this time of your life, but as we come to the end of 2021, at least on Wednesday nights, this will be our last Wednesday night until January because of the singing, Thanksgiving and then the singing Christmas tree and then a little Christmas break. But as we come to the end of the year, it has comforted me to know that all year long, God has been mindful of me, that I have been on the mind of God. Think about this. You and I have been on God's mind even during those times when he might not have been on our minds, even when we might have been thinking about something else, or even when we might have neglected our own walk with God. He hasn't neglected his walk with us, and he has been mindful of us, and it says he will bless us. Now, as I read that and as I thought about that, that tremendous truth, that promise that he will bless us because he's been mindful of us, here's the question that came to my mind. 
Who is the us that is being referred to here? The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. It doesn't say the Lord has been mindful of everybody, although there's a sense in which he is. But it certainly doesn't say the Lord will bless everybody, although there's a sense in which God does bless everybody, the saved and the unsaved. But here, the psalmist is not talking about the universal or the general blessings of God. He's talking about the specifics of blessings of God that belong to the people of God. And he says, the the Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. And so he's talking here about the people of God. He's talking about people who have been saved. And as I thought further about this psalm and read further on this psalm, there are four categories of people that are included in the us. And tonight I want to mention those, and I want to show you the verses and maybe a couple of verses in Proverbs. And as we walk through this tonight, I want you to be thinking, am I part of the us? Am I in the group of people that God has been mindful of in a special way and that God has promised to bless? And so four categories of people, and you can just uh, think about this or jot these down. First of all, when he says the Lord has been mindful of us, he's talking about the humble, those who are humble, those who have humility. Now look back in verse number one. This is probably the most well-known verse in the entire psalm. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory because of your mercy, because of your truth. And so the psalmist began the psalm by saying, God, we don't want any glory for ourselves. We don't want to be the center of the tension of attention. We don't want people talking about how wonderful we are. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory. And so that is the first group of people or the first requirement to be in this us, that we be people of humility, that our lives be characterized by humility. We know the Bible says says that Moses was the most humble man who ever lived. The meekest man of all was Moses, and we know that Moses had a special blessing on his life. And so we think about this tonight, and we're forced to ask, am I a humble person, or am I an arrogant, prideful, self-sufficient person? What is, what, what is the case with me? Well, God blesses those who are humble. Verse number three tells us a second group that is included in the us, and that is not only the humble, but the confident, those who are trusting in the Lord. Look in verse three. But our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. That may be the greatest verse in all the Bible about the sovereignty of God. Our God is in heaven He does whatever he pleases. What is God doing tonight? Whatever he wants to. Whatever he pleases. Because whatever he pleases will be the right thing to do. And so when the psalmist wrote this, and he's talking now not only about giving God glory, but here he's declaring his faith not only in the sovereignty of God, but in the goodness of God. And so when we think about trusting God, it is not just that God is in control, although he is. It is tremendous comfort to know that God is in control of our lives no matter what we go through. But when we talk about trusting God, it's not only that. It is trusting also in the character of God, in the goodness of God. If, if your view of God is that he is this big, and he's big, but if you just think of God as this big, powerful being seated on a throne in heaven, doing whatever he wants to do in total control, you could have a warped view of God. 
Because you, in that view, could see the bigness and the strength of God, but you could miss out on the goodness and the kindness and the love of God. And so when he says our God is in heaven, he does whatever he pleases. Yes, that's his power. But his goodness, his character says, but he would never do anything that would not ultimately be for our good. I read something in Oswald Chambers just the other day that I thought was so good. He was talking about when we go through tests in life, in life and trials in life. He made this statement, and I thought, that's the best I've ever heard on that. He said, you must go through the trial before you can pronounce the verdict. You must go through the trial before you can pronounce the verdict. You know, sometimes in life, we're going through a trial And in the middle of the trial, we say, this is bad. This is horrible. This is the worst thing that ever happened. But as we journey through the trial, and as we continue to trust the Lord, and as we grow closer to God, our opinion changes a little bit. And we may be able to look back on it and say, well, you know what? The trial itself was difficult. The trial itself even had some bad things in it. But by the time God got finished doing everything that he had in mind, the trial worked out good for me. And so I thought that was good. You know, sometimes even today we see, uh, and there's a case going on now in Wisconsin that you're, we're probably all following on the news, uh, a double murder case, and the trial is, is, is playing out. And you've, in the, at night you can see part of what the prosecution said, and then the next day you see part of what the defense said. And as you just see bits and pieces of the trial on the evening news, it's easy to think, well, he's guilty, or he's innocent, or it was self-defense, or no, he never should have done. I mean, if you're just seeing parts, bits, and pieces, but when the whole trial plays out and all the facts are presented, then the jury is able to reach a verdict. And what Oswald was saying is, that's how it is in life. We have to go through the whole trial before we can pronounce a verdict. And in the meantime, we have to learn to trust God. But our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. Look in verse number nine. O Israel, this is more about faith. Trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. And so the Bible says the Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. Who is it talking about? It's talking about those who are humble And it's talking about those who are confident and those who, even in the midst of the trial, are able to trust the Lord and depend on Him, even when they don't understand how it's going. I've seen an illustration in this uh, just in the last few days. Many of you know Joe and Janice Bloodworth, longtime members of our church from back in the, even in the 1980s, faithful members. Joe was the chairman of the building committee for phase three that built all these buildings that we're in now, just a, just a great guy, great family. Uh, my brother married their daughter. One of the best decisions he ever made was to marry, ask her to marry him. And one of the most questionable decisions she ever made was to say yes to that invitation. But they got married, and it's been good. But anyway, about a month or five weeks ago, Janice was home one morning, one Monday morning, and she had incredible chest pain. She had a heart attack. And they called 911 took her to the hospital. She had two arteries, 99% blocked. They went in, stented one of them, tried to stent the other one, unsuccessful. And during the process, not to give too many details, but she aspirated, her lungs filled with fluid. She got a terrible infection. She ends up being transferred to Methodist Hospital, put on a ventilator. 
And just about the time we thought things had taken a turn for the better, they took a turn for the worse. And last Saturday evening at 5.30, Janice went to heaven. And so because of the relationship through Joel and Jody and, and our own closeness to Joe and Janice before they even got married, you know, we've been very much in touch with what's going on there every day. And I talked to Joe last night, and he was telling me some things about the experience. And he was telling me about how he had gone, my dad had, had, had taken him down to a, the, a prayer chapel at Methodist Hospital and beautiful place you can pray down there. And Anyway, Joe had gone down there a couple of times every day, and he was praying. And, and he was telling me last night that, that after Janice passed on Sunday night, he and Jody, his, his, da- his daughter, and their other son, their son, Joe Jr., the three of them went to the, and maybe others in the family, went to that prayer, to that chapel. And as they were there, hearts broken, in somewhat of a state of shock, just crying, you know, you, you've been there. You know what this is. He said, John, we just went in that chapel and kind of walked down to the front. And he said, I just lifted up my hands to the Lord and said, God, I thank you that I got to be married to Janice for 49 years. And he's just thanking the Lord. Well, they went home and Sunday morning, Joe woke up and couldn't sleep that night, really. And he texted Jody and he texted his son, Joe Jr. and said, hey, look, I know you're sad. I'm sad. And we probably hadn't planned on going to church today. But... Uh, why don't we go to church and why don't we sit together? And they came to the 11 o'clock service on Sunday. And I, I, I so badly when they were here, I was preaching this sermon last Sunday on a vision, trying to reach all these people. And I want to come back Sunday and preach a follow-up sermon on that. But uh, I so badly in that sermon wanted to say something to them, to the family. And, uh, and I couldn't... You ever have a situation where you want to say something, it's in your heart, but you can't figure out what to get in your mind? You can't say it. And I couldn't figure out what to say without making it really sad. And so I just passed on that. I didn't, I didn't comment at all. But the whole time I was preaching that sermon at 11 o'clock, they're in my peripheral, and I'm thinking, you know, Janice has only been gone about 16 hours. And here they are in the house of God. Joe was so sad, he could hardly even stand up for the song service. He kept sitting down, and he was, it was just, Joe Jr. had to come in, went in and out multiple times. I mean, it was just a sad time. But I thought, you know, that may be the best example I've seen in a long time of a family whose heart is broken, and yet in the middle of it, they probably didn't say these words, but their heart was, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And they were, con- they were trusting in God. Now, I'm not saying if your spouse dies or your mom or dad dies that God expects you to be in church that quickly. That's just what they felt like they needed to do for them. I don't think most people could do it that quickly. But the point is, when we are going through something, if we can get to the point where we say, not only is God in control, but God is good. And God would never allow anything into our life as a family, as a church, and individually, that he didn't ultimately intend to use for our good and for his glory. And so we want to learn to trust God. When the psalmist said, the Lord has been mindful of us, He will bless us, yeah, he will, if we're humble and if we're confident in God's sovereignty and in God's goodness. But there's another category that's in this us, another quality that we need in our lives, and that is those who are reverent. The reverent, look in verse number 13. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. He will bless those who fear the Lord. Now, this whole idea of fearing the Lord, it's not talking about being scared that every time you mess up, God's going to zap you. 
It's not talking about that, but it is talking about having a reverence for God. Now, you're in Psalms. Turn a few pages to the right and go to the book of Proverbs because in the little Proverbs booklet that we've put together, and if you've not picked one of those up, I wish you would on the way out. I think we've given away about 3,500 of those, so we still have plenty out there. But if you'll go to Proverbs chapter, well, let's just go to chapter 1. I'll just show you three verses here. Go to Proverbs chapter 1. And look in verse number 7. We're talking about the fear of the Lord. And it says in the New King James, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And so the way to get knowledge is to be the beginning place is to fear the Lord. Now go to chapter number 9. It kind of expounds on that just a little bit. And it says in verse number 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And so when we have a reverence for God, that is, we're serious about God. We don't want to do anything that would not be pleasing to God, even though sometimes we do. In our hearts, we don't want to. It says that is the beginning of knowledge in chapter 1. And in chapter 9, it is the beginning of wisdom. Now, go back to chapter number 8 and look at verse 13. Because here we have, in a half a verse a clear explanation of what the fear of the Lord is. Notice what it says. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. That's what the fear of the Lord is. It is to hate evil. And so if we are reverent and if we do uh, have this fear for the Lord, we'll hate evil. Let me show one other verse. Go to Proverbs chapter 28. This is a tremendous verse that I never had really paid any attention to until we got into this booklet and all these verses became So much more meaningful to me. But in chapter 28 of Proverbs, look in verse number 14. Let me let you find this. Now, I'm in the New King James. And so if you're in the NIV or the New Living or the ESV or the New American Standard or something else, it'll read a little differently, but you'll get the point. Verse 14, happy is the man who is always reverent. Now, by reverent, that doesn't mean that we never laugh or that we never smile or that we never tell a joke or that we never watch a movie or that we never watch a ball game or that we never have a good time. It doesn't say happy is a man who's always miserable or happy is a man who's always unhappy. That wouldn't even make sense. It says happy is the man, happy is the woman who is always reverent. What does it mean? It means that you, you, no matter whether you're kidding around or serious, there's a re- you're not kidding around about God. You're not taking God's name in vain. You're not saying profanity. You're not talking, you're not, you're talking about immorality. You're not doing things you shouldn't be doing. Even when we're having a good time, there should be a reverence there. And the Scripture says, happy is the person who is always reverent. Now, go back to Psalm 115, and let's look at our verse again, verse number 12. And it says, the Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. Who is the us? It's the reverent. It's the confident. And I'm sorry, it's the humble, the uh, confident, and here we see in verse 13, it is the reverent. But there's one other category who is included in the us, and we want to make sure that we have this quality in our life, and that is those who spend their lives praising the Lord. Look in verse number 16. It says, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor any who go down into silence. But we will bless the Lord. To bless the Lord is to praise the Lord. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. And so the psalmist is saying, Lord, once I die, I can't praise you. Now, I can praise you in heaven. 
certainly. But I can no longer praise you on earth because I won't be here. I'll be gone. So the only people who can praise God on the earth are those, who are those of us who are still on the earth. And if we are praising the Lord, then we are in the group of people. We are included in the us that God has been mindful of, that God is thinking about us tonight in a special way, and that God has promised to bless us and to meet every need that we have and to take care of us all the way to the end. And so I want to ask you tonight, as you look at that verse, verse number 12, the Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. I'm asking you tonight, are you in the us? Is your life characterized? I have to ask myself this question. Is my life characterized by humility? Before I say, oh, yes, absolutely, I'm the most humble person I know. Well, humility is one of those things, once you become aware of it, it's gone. Because now you're taking pride in your humility. But still, we should try to say, God, am I humble or am I arrogant? How about my confidence, God? Do I praise you, not just, I mean, do I trust you, not just after the trial, but during the trial? And how about reverent, God? Am I, am I reverent? Am I respectful to you? And is my life characterized by praise, no matter what it is that I might be going through? Because if those things describe our lives, then we are in the us that God is talking about. And we can go from here tonight. And I don't know how it is when you, with you when you read your Bible, but when I read mine, in addition to reading the story, if I'm reading a, a narrative or doctrine in Paul's letters or in the gospel, something about the life of Jesus. So I'm trying to get the story. What is the Bible saying here? But I'm one of those guys, when I read the Bible, I'm always looking for a phrase that I can meditate on, that I can take with me through the day. And I wish you could see, uh, this is just one of the new Bibles. I haven't had this Bible long, but I wish you could see a have it underlined here. The Lord has been mindful of us. And the good thing about memorizing a little phrase like that, when you get in your car and driving home, turn your radio off, and you just kind of think about it. The Lord has been mindful of us. The Lord has been mindful of us. You can think about this Bible study tonight. You say, you know, if I'm humble and if I'm confident in God, even I don't understand, if I am reverent, and if my life is characterized by praise, not only has God been mindful of me, but God has promised to bless me all the days of my life and to meet every need that I'll ever have. I know that you agree with me tonight that as we look back on 2021, and even as we look back on 2020, as we look back on this whole pandemic thing and everything else the world has been through in the last year and eight months, it is comforting to know that through it all, the Lord has been mindful of us. Amen? And I want to say this to you tonight. Some of you are going home by yourself. Some of you are going home sad. Some of you are going home circumstances that are troubling to you. Remember this on your way home, and remember this when you get home. The Lord is mindful of you. He will bless you. And all you have to do is try your best every day with his help to follow him, to obey him, and to trust him. And I'll guarantee you, He's going to do that all the way. You know, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is in Isaiah chapter 46 in verse 4. And it says, even to old age, I will, care, I will carry you. And even to gray hairs, I will bear you up. 
And so you know what? Not only has God been mindful of us in the past, and he is mindful of us now, he's going to be mindful of us all the way to heaven. And all we have to do is walk with him and trust him one day at a time. Amen.